Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome in. You know what's interesting about uh, last night's college basketball games, Aaron Zoda and Gonzaga both eliminated and both are among the four or five most fun teams to watch. Like, look, basketball, it's more fun when they're running up and down, they're scoring, they're spreading it out. But it did feel like there were some similarities in what stopped both of those teams. We'll get to that upcoming. And, like, look, the Gonzaga thing, it's its interesting, right? Like, they're the only ones in the Sweet 16 seven years in a row. They've been in their conference championship game 25 consecutive years. They've been to two national championship games. Haven't won either. One, they lost by a bucket. The other one, not so much last year. But I, I don't know if we begin the, not a total heel turn, but from cute little Cinderella to are they overhyped? Are they underachieving? We'll get we'll get to all that discussion upcoming in the show. By the way, you can always hit us up on Twitter at Gottlieb Show, also on Instagram at Gottlieb Show, and we have the Doug Gottlieb Show fan page on Facebook, where you can download and listen to the, the podcast. But you can also make comments, and uh, I'll get on there and 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 message you back if if you'd like as well. So th- those are the ways in which you can get get uh, get in touch with. Us. Reminder: the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities. Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch. The biggest games are even bigger in Las Vegas. So be sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Deshaun Watson, we got a chance to hear from him for the first time in over a year. In over a year. He, uh, he appeared along with Andrew Berry who is the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. He's now officially a Cleveland Brown. So let me let me start. Like, there's two parts to this which are weird, right? Just weird. First is, here's a guy who still has 22 pending civil cases against him. And, and he's been traded and given a five-year guaranteed contract. And then the Browns still have Baker Mayfield under contract for around $19 million. And yet here this press conference is that he's going to be the quarterback of the Browns for at least the next five years. Uh, let, 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 let's start with this, okay, because these are, these are the parts that matter. Here's Andrew Barry understanding the weight of this transaction. We as an organization know that this transaction has been very difficult for many people, you know, particularly women in our community. We realize that it has triggered a, a range of emotions. That, as well as the, the nature of the allegations, weighed heavily on all of us. It was because of the, the weight of the anticipated reaction and you know, the, the nature of the allegations that really pushed us to do as much work as possible in terms of understanding the cases and who Deshaun was as a person. 
Okay, so it's about who Deshaun was as a person. And as I've, I've told you throughout this entire process, having spoken to uh, several director of player personnel, directors of college scouting, and general manager, I spoke to all of, uh, not with, with the Texans per se, but with other teams and guys that filled those roles at that time when he was drafted. All of them have said, look, we do deep background dives into quarterbacks and guys we might draft. We did a deep dive into Deshaun. We didn't find anything. So this is this was news to a lot of people. Okay? Maybe not news to people around him or whatever. We'll get to the volume of massage therapists, which is really that that's the part that something doesn't smell that doesn't pass the sniff test. Um but there's Andrew Barry like look, we understand there's a lot here. We get it. Here's Deshaun Watson on showing people his character. I want to be able to show that eventually and get out into the community. I've always been hands-on in the the community of Houston, back home in Gainesville, back home in Clemson. And that's what I want to do is be able to get back to that person that people knew I was before, before all these allegations. Yeah, I I don't really mind the idea of hands-on, but it is a mm, interesting choice of words, right? Um, felt like they had prepped for this presser and they did a good job. There was one big exception. Like this one, and and this is, it's hard. I, I thought Andrew Berry did a great job. He, here's something I have said repeatedly, repeatedly to people. So what you're going to hear from Andrew Berry, and don't play it yet, Ramos, give me one second, is what he, there has been criticism of the Browns from some because he didn't and the Browns didn't speak to the accusers or the accusers attorneys. Now, as I've told you, I've spoken to some high powered attorneys and they're like, you can't speak to the accusers or their attorneys. Don't believe me. Here's Andrew Berry as to why. Yeah, Andrew, just to be clear, uh, nobody from the Browns or representing the Browns spoke to any of the 22 women who've made allegations, correct? Like I mentioned earlier in my opening statement, our attorneys advise us that reaching out directly could be considered interfering with a criminal investigation. Correct. You can't. You can't reach out to anybody individually and reaching out to their attorney doesn't really, it ain't really going to help you. You know, it just, just isn't. It just will be, it can be misconstrued as interfering with any investigation. Go back and look at anybody who felt like, and, and what inevitably happens is whoever the accusers are don't feel like they were heard or heard out or that there was an immediate reaction, knowing that it is, like, that's not how it works. You don't say what you believe happened, and all of a sudden, action comes into it. But but here's the, here's the one that, I guess you call it the Gen Z defense. Deshaun Watson was asked why so many massage therapists. Here's his answer. Uh, yeah, I can't get too far into detail because there's an ongoing investigation still. But I can say that with this now day and age, especially with my age group, social media is a big business part. That, that goes into it. So that's, you know, a factor into it. Social media? I, I don't, I, I don't really understand that one. That, 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 why'd you use so many, you know, social media with people my age? It's become a big part of the business. Like, I, I'm, I'm stuck on that one. That one doesn't, doesn't pass the sniff test. Sniff Teff, by the way, is one of the great metaphors of all time, right? Is this shirt clean? Sniff test. 
Did I need a shower? Sniff test. Everybody, everybody get like, oh, yeah, sniff test. I get that one. Deshaun Watson, why'd you use 22 therapists or maybe up to 40 therapists? Mm, social media. Yeah, that's now let's let's go back for another one. I don't I, I, I don't understand the social media. If you're not going to say anything, then don't say anything. But given a social media, that ain't it. That that is that is definitely. Definitely not it. Huh? Not it in any sort of way. Man. Stug Outlib show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jay Stu, did you do you buy the social media? Well, why did you use so many social media? That's my age business. Yeah. It's I, the it's the classic answer that now leaves more questions than answers. I mean that you just can't do that. You you have you had to be prepared for that question and that's what people told you to say? Like that that doesn't give us anything at all. What does that even mean? We know that he contacted all of these on social media, but how does that explain why you use 40 or whatever it was? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how somebody because here's what happens is they I'm sure these guys it's just like a debate like they did prep for this. So that was the best answer they could come up with. And there's probably a PR team that's like, what do you guys think? Social media? Yep. 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 That that's it. That's the one we want to go with. I I don't know. I I don't get that one either. Um, he did come out and just he he was, uh, he was asked why he should be believed. Here's his reason. Here's his his reason. I can't speak on what people' opinions are, but what I can continue to do is tell the truth and for me just to continue to push forward and and show people that who I really am and I want to continue to open that up and be able to have people come to me and and be able to talk to me about you know certain things Uh, here's the Q&A on asked if he will settle these these suits Will you try to settle the 22 civil suits? That's not my intent my intent is to continue to clear my name as much as possible and that's what I'm focused on okay that's not his intent now, I, I, will, I will make sure to say this because it's really, really important. If you settle a civil suit, it, it is not in any way an admission of guilt. And I, I understand that it all makes us think, well, he must be guilty if you settle. Okay? But anyone will tell you, like, you just don't want your personal life out in the public air. And you could say, well, if you didn't do anything wrong, like, yeah, the problem is that if he... There can be some uncomfortable things said on Instagram that have nothing to do with this that can get his text messages become public, can become public record. Everything could become public. Now, there's civil suits, so I don't know the level of, of, of publicity that some private things can see. But there are just some things that you don't. The reason that a lot of corporations settle is not because they feel like the corporation did anything wrong, but it's more the idea of is it really worth it? to pay the lawyers, to go through all this stuff when something outside of the normal purview of the said case can be put on public display? The answer is probably not. 
Now, Mary Kay Cabot, who joined us yesterday, she asked Deshaun Watson about seeking counseling. Here was his response. It's hard for me to say the counseling part because I don't have a problem. You know, I don't, I don't have an issue. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. So this situation is, is, def- is tough and it's very difficult. But me, as, a, as a, having a problem going to counseling and things like that, I'm willing to talk to people about certain situations to make sure I'm not getting back in this. Here's Deshaun Watson on what actually happened. Here's the Q&A. What can you tell us about what actually happened with these women? Are you saying that they all just made this up? They're all lying? What actually happened? Um, all I can say is, again, I never assaulted, I never disrespected, and I never harassed any woman in my life. I wasn't raised that way. I would, my mom and my aunties didn't raise me that way. Of the course of my life, that's not in my DNA. And as far as the details of actually the things that they're alleging, I can't speak on that because there's an ongoing investigation. But, um, you know, in the future, once everything is resolved, I will sit down and love to talk about it. I would sit down and love to talk about it. So somebody's going to get that first interview. Obviously, whoever does it is going to have to go through kind of a list of things. And uh, it's going to be all hand-selected, all PR. All right, so here's what we're going to do, okay? John Middlecoff is going to join us upcoming next. We'll ask him how much of this he buys, how much risk is there, does he like it, what now of Baker Mayfield. Uh, And then there's this growing rumor out there about Tom Brady. Coming up next, could the Dolphins get Tom Brady? No, seriously, could the Dolphins get Tom Brady for next year? Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm. Check out the latest lines, World of Sports, Better Sportsbook. Better is the most trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, there's a guy named Dale Arnold. First of all, I think the world needs to somehow circle back to the name Dale. Dale is a great name. And there's been a lot of successful Dales, right? They really have. Dale's an awesome name. What is Dale short for? Anybody? Is Dale short for anything? I don't think so. Is it? Or are you just asking us? Because uh... <laughs> if you have the answer, then I would say, I don't know. But if you don't, I'd say, I don't think so. Well, I don't believe Dale is short for anything. Okay, I don't. But but if somebody can, <laughs> I'm with you. By the way, I don't think it is either. If, I, it's it's just one of those great names. Like, I mean, right? You have, um, you, you have a. There's. I, I actually I was so fascinated by Dale that I was like, how many great Dales have there been? Right? There's obviously Dale Earnhardt. That's a that's a pretty notable person. There's Chip and Dale, but those are fictionary. <laughs> those, are, those are fictional uh, cartoon characters, right? And then there's the Chip and Dale dancers. That's a completely different sort of fiction. Right? Wasn't, wasn't there a basketball player? Was it Dale Ellis? There was Dale Ellis. Yeah. That's right. Dale Ellis was, uh, he was kind of like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Steph Curry's dad. All right. Dale Curry. Um, Del Curry, yeah. Del Curry. Now Dell's a great name as well. Dell is short for something, where um, where Dale is not. I yeah. I have I have no proof of it being short for anything. If you call a woman Dale, it's short for Delina or Delena. But no no male has a, a short or a longer version of Dale. Okay, um, 
there's Dale Ellis, there's Dale Jarrett, and Dale Earnhardt. So we have Dales are generally generally dominate NASCARs, but there is a there's there's a Dale. By the way, Dale Dale Ellis was not a good. He was a people forget he was a great player in the mid '80s. That's like a 25 a game guy. And he would have been even better in this era because he was back in era when he was shooting, you know, six threes a game and no one else in the league was. Six, seven. Guy had that perfect square jaw. Anyway, I, 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 uh, I remiss. Um, Dale Arnold is the guy who first, he's credited with the, the guy who first said that Tom Brady would go to Tampa. So, going back to the well, WEI, that's one of the two big stations in Boston, had Dale Arnold on yesterday, and Dale said um, both parties are working on it, him going to the Dolphins. Think about this, to the Dolphins. Now, Brady actively recruited Ryan Jensen as a center, defensive back Logan Ryan, Leonard Fournette to sign contracts for the team. Um, he's he's reached out to wide receivers, so it would be counter. It would be counter to everything else we've seen. That he's why would he want to go to Miami if he's recruiting guys to go to Tampa? On the other hand, why would he come back to Tampa if he wasn't happy with Tampa? And is the Miami thing simply leverage? Look, Dan Arnold called it with Tampa to begin with, so there has to be some sort of validity to whoever his source is. And Miami was definitely a finalist last time around, and it's probably a better city for his wife and for all the international things that she wants to do. But that that does seem like a bit of a stretch, doesn't it? Why come back? If you want to be in the NFC South, which is down, why recruit guys if you want to go switch places? John Middlecoff joins us. Uh, three and Out po- a podcast. Uh, download Three and Out. It's awesome. I want to get to football in a second, okay? Uh, but you love hoop. You love gambling on hoop. I just want to, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to play for you. Do we? Ha- I don't know if we have the sound. Mark, Mark Few after the game last night. And look, I, I want to make sure that when people go running back to Fuey or Gonzaga, people are like, you said, like, no, this is, I track exactly what I said. That's an awesome program. They play fun basketball. If my kid's good enough, I'd absolutely love for him to play there because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna win a lot of games. You're going to open up the court, and the point guard gets to make a bunch of decisions, and you're going to play with great players, and you play with good kids. Like, they, the whole thing is great. But there is one thing missing there. There's just one kind of missing element. And there is a football kind of correlation between the two, John. After the game, he was like, you know, we just, we miss shots. Like, if you think you lost because you miss shots, we're watching a different game. I thought they lost because of just the toughness, tenacity, speed, quickness, athleticism of their opponent, which nearly is what upended them against Memphis, did upend them against Arkansas. And it, it reminds me of, reputation-wise, whether you want to say West Coast teams or teams that throw the ball a ton, like you get to the playoffs and you better run the football and you better, you know, you better stop the run. It's, there's a little bit of chargers to it, right? Like you get, don't get it twisted. Teams win and teams lose because of their toughness and the basic fundamentals. Am I wrong that in watching last night, that's, that's what it felt like to anybody? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I worked at Fresno State. 
And, uh, you know, when I was there, Chris Peterson was like in his heyday, and they were, they were an unreal program. And the one year that Kaepernick beat them at Nevada, I, I thought they could have competed against the best teams. But I also saw the schedule that, you know, we played at the time that was the WAC. It's now the Mountain West. It's just not the same. I, I texted someone. Uh, it wasn't you. It was Haberman last night. Like, do you, do you think that, uh, that Arkansas would have – do you think they would have won some games in the WCC? And I think there's an element, like, you played in the Big 12. And if you just watch the Big 12, for example, this year, in basketball and football, it, it was a really good conference. And there is a level that – it's why I defend when people get up in arms about, like, the SEC's overrated. The conference schedule hardens you. And I know St. Mary's was solid this year, and obviously USF solid too. But to me, there's a level of hierarchy in the conference play that I just wonder. I mean, last year Gonzaga's team was really good, and obviously this year I think they're good too. But to me, there's a level of when you just don't play the intensity of the games for basically two and a half months or, you know, depending on how the sometimes they start playing the games a little earlier in December or whatever, but you know what I mean, that hardens you. That's why the thing in the NFL, like if you're a good team in the NFL, like you're going to be ready for the playoffs. And actually you could look at the Cowboys this year. You know, that division was terrible. But for the most part in pro sports, it's, an, it's impossible to avoid. It's not necessarily true in college sports and specifically college basketball now that a team like Gonzaga – and listen, the WCC is very respectable, but not relative to, like, the SEC or the Big 12. You know, would they just have these – I don't even know what their record was this year, but remember last year they had an incredible record. Like, would it be the same if they played in the SEC or the Big no, 12? No, it wouldn't. of course not. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, right? And, and you just wonder – I don't really know what their option is. It's not like – because the Pac-12, they don't have a football program. But, like, I, I do wonder if playing in that conference – doesn't prepare them. And even you could argue football is a little different because just, you know, a one, you just have to play the one bowl game. Like to win the national championship, you got to win the six games. And the last two years now, they've run into just an athletic buzzsaw and, and really got worked, you know. Yeah, and I, I, Arizona, got, Arizona got worked last night too, but I don't think we question consistently the athletes they have in the program, right? No, I do think there's a little bit of, uh, of when you're an offensive-minded team, uh, teams derail you with toughness and 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 I also think I think the level the volume the the thing for Gonzaga is the volume of athletes you face in those bigger conferences is just it's just different the length is different the the sport is different and it's not the WCC St Mary's a hell of a program good team but they're never going to have huh. the level of athletes that you have in the SEC you're just not yeah. you know um, unless you're cheating your brains out which they're not so. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what jumped out. All right, let's get let's get to football. What do you think of how Deshaun handled the press conference? Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking about this today because I was following along at the gym, like seeing all the quotes. Th- there's no way because I, I saw some people tweeting like this is this got even worse than expected. There was no way for this to go well. Uh, you know, I, I can imagine Stefanski, the general manager Andrew Barry. How could you sleep much last night? Because you know this thing's just going to be a war zone of very uncomfortable as it should be. Uh, but I, I don't think there's anything he could possibly say today. You know, obviously he pledged his innocence, and you know, but he, you know, he has to draw a line. I'm not some legal analyst, but clearly there are things that you know he has to go to a point, and then he's like, I can't go into detail here. Which, you know, is that true? Is that not true? I, I've never been really in a courtroom, so it's hard for me to, or no judges or lawyers to know the if that actually is. But uh, I, I know I've always thought. And I, I've never been in one of these situations. 
if someone came after me for something, sexual assault, right, a- anything that just makes us cringe, if I was 100% innocent, I-, I don't think I'd keep my mouth shut. And-, and I know that that is not what these lawyers, they, they preach the opposite, right? But I, I just, those situations are, and I-, I saw a bunch of older NFL, I thought Schlereth was tweeting about, you know, he was asking about the situation with the 40 massage therapist, and his answer was pretty stupid. Because he can't just say, yeah, I, I did it because I was sleeping with the woman. Right? And, and we've said over and over, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing legally wrong with having consensual sex with random massage therapists. Right? I, I think the question is just, like, did anything happen in any of these situations? And no one knows except those two people in every, you know, <laughs> do the math, right, 22 or however many, you know, are coming after him. But there's just no way for the Browns to know. Absolutely none. Uh, they can take him at his word, which I'm sure he pounded the table. He was innocent. He did nothing wrong. Everything was consensual. And it's one thing to take a guy at his word. It's another thing then to cut him the biggest check in the history of the most profitable league in America. Like that's To me, that's where it kind of got crazy. If they had just traded for him and said that it's going to be, you know, they're going to honor the contract that he had, right, which was big, and just say to figure it out as we go. We have no problem if he proves and this goes away to extend them here in the near future. But the way they did it, Part of it also feels like the only reason he chose you guys is because of this. If, if you hadn't done this, he was going to go to another place. So, I mean, that's the elephant in the room, right? Is like the reason you have him is because you basically gave him Steph Curry's contract. I mean, that's, uh, if, if you hadn't, he wouldn't have chose you. Like it has nothing to do with like the talent on your team or definitely not geographically where you are. I mean, he had said he wanted to play in a warm weather place and think about the teams that were coming after him, right? It felt like he was going to end up in Atlanta or with the Saints. And it felt, you know, kind of the ACC, SEC country. It made, it made a lot of sense. Uh, but then they came in with this offer that, let's face it, any human being in his position, if you put himself in the – if you put, like, ourself in his shoes or the agent's shoes, would go to Cleveland. Yeah, he he said – he tried to – like, the two things which appeared to be I, – I, I, and I can't think that they weren't prepared for because they clearly had had to prep for this press conference. You know, one, it was the, why'd you have so many massage therapists? Ah, you know, people my age, social media. <laughs> that was a terrible answer. And then the contract question, he was like, well, that wasn't until after I said I wanted to play here. Like, get out of here. I was yeah, to me, born at night. Let, you, the whole, it's a bold-faced lie. C- 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 yes. And, 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 and it actually, his ability to, 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 to lie that quickly Leads you like, okay, well, you lie about that, then then how do I believe anything else? Um, what about this story about uh, Dale Arnold, who called Brady going to Tampa before anybody else, is calling Brady going to Miami? Have you heard that? Well, I mean, I, I haven't heard it. I mean, I saw the story this morning. To me, the craziest part, because, listen, you see stories now it, with athletes moving teams. I think anything that's taught us the last several years in all sports, you, you never say never. To me, the craziest thing would be I, I saw one of the Tampa Bay uh, Gage, the dude from Atlanta that signed, was like uh, Tom Brady called me and was like, "Come," and I, and he like did one of those classic where like you know like when Tiger Woods or you know Obama or someone calls someone they hang up because they think they're lying, but it actually was Tom Brady. Yeah. And then he call, and then he ends up going like Tom clearly was doing that with all these guys that they resigned. So that that to me was is he just lying to all those guys? Because why, you know that's where it would seem a little out of left field. Did he promise all these guys, like, I'm back? That's why they all re-signed, and then he's going to leave? 
I, I have a hard it, time thinking that. Now, there were rumors, right, about like him, if he did come back before he unretired and said Tampa, that he might go to Miami and then eventually become like a part owner or something, tiny little percentage. But once he pledged coming back to Tampa, that, that would be very – that would be like his Phil Mickelson moment. It would feel very shady. It would be like you spent all this time, all this image – you pledge, you're coming back to Tampa. Then all these guys come back for you. Then you feel like, all right, is this even Tom Brady anymore? What's he, what's he doing? How much does Matt Ryan have in the tank? I think he's got some left. I, I texted a couple people in the league, and I said, when they got Rivers two years ago or three years ago or whatever it was now, and when they got Matt Ryan, who was the better player? One guy said it was probably a coin flip, and the other thought Matty Ice. They, they would lean with Matty Ice. Regardless, like you look back a couple years ago, Rivers was trending the wrong way, but he still was pretty good relative to what they needed, especially with their team. Their team is better now. Matt Ryan's an indoor guy. Uh, I mean, I, to me, they feel like a locked playoff team now. You know, if he, if he plays 17 games, which if you look at his history, he's a very, very durable player. Very durable player. So I, I think that they now they don't have a first-round pick. They obviously don't have a third now because they traded for Matty Ice. But they already have a good nucleus. You know, just, do they get one of these free agent older guys on the team uh, that, that are still out there and then, you know, hit a couple guys in the draft, maybe have some young guys? I, you know, to me, they, they easily should have made the playoffs last year, right? They, they blew the game against the Raiders at the end of the year when the Raiders were on fumes. And then that Jags game, which kind of crazy that they've lost to the Jags since 2014 with like seven different quarterbacks on the road yeah. for like yeah. eight straight years. I mean, it's, it's nuts. I think that ends this year. Uh, with, with Matty Ice and you know again like it's the AFC is really hard but to me there's two t- good teams in that division and they last year the difference in that division right is Tennessee swept them and that was if you just win one of those two games Indy's the, in the playoffs as a wild right. card okay so um help me out with Green Bay there's got to be a plan there right you don't have two of your top three wide receivers walk or trade one and not have a plan Aaron Rodgers had to be in on the plan but they haven't acquired anybody yet what do you think the plan is in green bay the hell of a question i mean they, they literally don't have wide receivers right now you know they, they've lost two guys that were huge for them uh now they have shifted somewhat over the last couple of years running the ball and they have two really good running backs so how do they acquire wide receivers you know there's still some veteran guys out there like a julio jones but i think it's fair to say like you know it's pretty risky at this point but given aaron like you could do that maybe a low money signing to me, the thing that I can't get around, let's even say you use your two first-round picks on wide receivers. The chances that both those guys hit the ground running, you know, the history of the league would tell you that's not the case. Now, you would say the last three or four years, it's become a little bit easier. But a team that's going to pay a quarterback $50 million, their goal isn't just to, like, be a good team. It's, like, to win playoff games. And then you're depending on 21, 22-year-old guys to be very, very productive players. Uh, I, I think it's just very, very risky. Now, you know, I know people that are very close with Devontae. I think it's been well reported. Like, he was done. He, he did not want to be there anymore. So they didn't really have, like, he was not going to sign the franchise tag. He was not going to show up. It, it was over. And they knew it. Why? And obviously he knew it. Why? Uh, I, I just, you know, ready for a change. I, I've been told, like, he has no problem with Rodgers. Uh, they're clearly not, I wouldn't say BFF, but they had an incredible working relationship. Right, which is all that matters in football. I just think he was—he wanted to change. I mean, period, just simple. I, you know, I—I I, I didn't ask him personally, but I, everyone around him that I know was like he was written clear, like he—he he wanted out. Now, you know, if the Raiders, let's say, were not willing 
to do that. Like part of it was he wanted to be a Raider. He grew up a Raider fan. Like he's one of his best friends that he's known now for a decade as the quarterback of the team. So that, you know, is kind of unique circumstances. Now, I would tell him, and I, listen, I, I like Derek personally. I think he's a very solid player, but he ain't Aaron. Aaron. And, but I, I do think that Devontae, again, his relationship and experience with Derek, while it was in the Mountain West or whatever, in his mind he thinks, well, he'll be might not be as good, but we can be damn close, and we're loaded, and we'll rock and roll. Now, he got lucky that the Raiders were in a financial situation, right, with cap space or whatever, that they could pay him. Like, what if – with the Raiders, like, yeah, we're not willing to pay a guy that much money. Would he have still wanted to go to some random, maybe bad team? So, I, you know, it just worked out perfectly. Where Tyreek, Tyreek was going to go to whoever gave him, you know, more money than Devontae. And he was lucky that, like, a team in Florida w- w- was willing to do that. Because I think once the Chiefs saw that happen, you know, if they, if they could have got Tyreek back, like, $18 million a year or something, no problem. But once they realized the numbers were going to be so huge, they're like, okay, we'll just we'll pivot. So Because Green Bay wanted to keep Devontae. Devontae just wasn't into it. The Chiefs, okay. once they saw the price point, they're like, yeah, we're, we're cool. We'll, we'll, we'll transition. Yeah, but how much does that change the Chiefs? Well, a lot. I mean, he's – listen, anyone that's been watching sports now for a while, those three guys have to be one of the greatest combinations in NFL history, right, the last three or four years – they were a dominant, dominant combo. What was the Charger game this year when Tyreek literally just took a ball at the end of the game to the house, ran by about seven guys, and then they won it in overtime with Kelsey? Like, at any moment, they turned into a basketball team. Like, we just got a couple guys that you guys have no chance to stop. The other thing is their chemistry. Remember that Bills, like the NFL films, once the, once the audio came out about Travis and Tyreek and Patrick, that last little sequence – it's like they knew each other like the back of their hand. And to me, it's just hard to replace. But talk to a buddy, and I just know the way they think there. Eventually, part of having Coach Reed, who I think, you know, beside Bills, second-best coach in the league, and having Patrick, easily one of the best one, two, three quarterbacks in the league, you, you live and die with them, and right. you kind of operate like the Patriots and kind of transition surrounding them. Ultimately, it's, no, it's easy to keep Kelsey because his price point is just way cheaper. You know, it's kind of crazy, these wide receivers. I mean, the top guys are now being paid like, you know, I wouldn't say NBA superstars, but like guys on their uh, rookie max. Right, whereas t- tight ends still caught making, making tight end money. Well, like George, George Kittle, Waller, and, and Kelsey make like $12, 13000000 million. Right, and these other guys are making it in the 20s and, and, and getting money, money up front and guaranteed. John Middlecoff, three and out is the podcast. John, you're the best. I appreciate it. Go, go Bruins, baby. See ya. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, competition, it's always on. No one does sports like Vegas. The excitement is endless. Make sure to plan your trip today. Visit LasVegas.com. Let's get to a game. This is game time. Game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game time brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines of World of Sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the most trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Isaac Lowenkron, what's the game? Hit me up, Ramos. Psychic. There we Uh go. All right, Psychic. Will Deshaun Watson be under center for the Cleveland Browns on October 1st of this year? How many games in that? Well, let's see. That's about three or four games in, I'd say, right? 
No, I think he'll. I think he'll sit uh, six to eight. So that's a no. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. We'll stay in the NFL. Who's going to have more receiving yards next season, Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams? Uh, Tyreek Hill because he'll get. Those jet sweeps, uh, especially when they're in front of the quarterback, when they're a shovel pass, those count as receiving yards. Pop passes, yeah. Pop passes, we'll count those. Very good point. All right, switching to college hoops. On Monday morning, what's going to be the biggest story coming out of the NCAA tournament? I think that Duke's still playing. Uh, I I would ask what Coach Krzyzewski has to say about that, but we're pressed for time, unfortunately. Will Chet Holmgren, not Mike Holmgren, but Chet Holmgren, uh, Holmgren, be wearing an Orlando Magic hat on draft day up on stage? You mean if Orlando, you're trying to say he'll they'll have the number one pick, and will he be the number one pick? No, I'm trying to say, will he just arbitrarily want to wear a hat for fashion? <laughs> of course I'm at. No. 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 No, I think Jabari Smith and Paolo... Ben Carroll go before him. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Okay, we'll talk Chet, but we'll also tell you something that Mark Few said after the game when Gonzaga lost left me thinking maybe Gonzaga doesn't know who they are. That's next to the Doug Gottlieb Show. 